Hi, this is Tamsin McDonough. You're listening to The Quad, a Killjoys podcast. You're listening to The Quad, a Killjoys podcast. My name is Chris. And I'm Stephanie. We're talking about the seventh episode of Killjoy Season 5, Cherche La... While we will talk about anything and everything from that episode, there won't be any spoilers for future episodes. Let's get started with our reviews. I feel like I'm a broken record, but just really like throughout this entire series, I really like this episode, Stephanie. (laughs) (laughs) I always really like the episode, but I mean... There's just so much to enjoy. We've got Dutch and Davin having another like flirtatious feelings talk, which apparently is exactly my thing. I enjoy it. It's fun for me. We've got Johnny reuniting with Lucy and Lucy reuniting with us. (laughs) Mm -hmm. She's back and it makes me happy. And Fancy Lee was there. And Zeph finally got clean for the first time this season. Which I'm sure was exciting for her. Oh, she took a shower. I thought you meant like she stopped using drugs. I was like, I missed that storyline. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I mean, yes, she she cleaned her body <laughs> and her hair and stuff. She was wearing and fresh clothes. It was very exciting. A fresh sleeveless tank top, I would like to point out. Yes, yes. And there was like a snug hug with Dutch. Two of them. Dutch. Dutch tenderly touched her face. I just like to point out. (laughs) This is also true. (laughs) All things I enjoy. I had a second hope they might kiss. They did not. I wasn't really (laughs) expecting it, but hope flared momentarily. I'm sure it did. I'm sure it did. I know. It's fine. I really do like Dutch and Davin. I just want Zeph to get a girlfriend. One who does not hike, because it feels very clear now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that our our dear Zeph, not one for the outdoors. <laughs> nope, nope. At least not desert trekking. Maybe. No. Maybe like a lethean forest. Maybe. Maybe, but but a not. A casual stroll, but not a hike. Probably no. still. No. Yes. Lower temperatures for our dear Zeph. <laughs> and Pri and Garrett reunited, which was also very exciting. So lots of good relationship stuff, which, I mean... Also always true of this show. You know who else was was reunited with us as the audience was Michelle Lavretta. This was written by Michelle Lavretta, and that made me happy to see her name in the credits. I think she did what write episode what? One or two of this season? I I'm forget. just saying she's no longer showrunner, so it makes me happy when she pops up. This is fair. I feel reunited with Michelle Lavretta. <laughs> <laughs> I also really enjoyed this episode. I, yeah, I just liked it. We had, it felt like this episode had less of a big story arc and more of two kind of medium ones and then a little tiny side one that kind of tied them all together. There was a lot of stuff happening in this episode. <laughs> and like you said, we just got like lots of good character moments, which is really what I'm here for. And I really enjoyed it. Two tank tops, two sleeveless shirts on ladies in this episode. It was a good time for me. It's like your version of Fast and the Furious, the sequel. (laughs) Never mind. 
I don't understand that reference because I haven't seen any of those movies, but I... The, the sequel was Too Fast, Too Furious, and you said two, two shirts, two sleeveless or something. Never mind. Two sleeveless shirts, two ladies, indeed. <laughs> also, there was Anastasia Phillips back as Calvert. Yes, I wasn't on the episode where she first appeared. It wasn't on our episode where she first appeared. I have not been in any of the episodes of Killjoys, just to be clear. But I was not on the podcast episode in which she first appeared. Yay, Anastasia Phillips. They've had really good guest stars this season between her and Rachel Ontrell that have made me very happy. Yes. Always exciting. Who is still alive, Rachel Ontrell's character. Thank you, Killjoys. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Cover- recovered from the bullet wound. I wasn't here last week either, so I didn't get to, p- to point out the fact that the, the warden recovered from her bullet wound injury, and and she's still kicking. Wearing a tank top, possibly kicking things. I don't know what she does all in the gym, <laughs> but she was looking good. <laughs> I was going to say, she, she was working out, so... I keep wondering if there might be a thing kind of percolating between her and Johnny. I don't know. Do you have any it, thoughts? It seems like there could be. Yeah. But then uh, the more I thought about it, I'm like, does this seem practical, though? Because, you know, she she seems pretty tied to her job. So, yeah, I don't know. But she might have a change of heart after if she helps them out with this whole rebellion thing. So things could change. I don't know. I'm not for sure that they're going that direction, but they've got a nice little rapport going on there, I think. This is true, but also keep in mind, it's Hilljoys, and everybody flirts with everybody. I know, which is one of the reasons I like the show. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Flirtatious banter is excellent. Except for for Turin, who flirts with no one, he just yells, which I respect. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's kind of Turin's version of flirting. (laughs) I did enjoy that storyline with him and Zeph and getting a bit more into Zeph as a person and sort of her growth over the seasons. And I feel like Kelly McCormick could be like a huge star. I would watch any show she was the lead in. I just think she's great. I have nothing but just wonderful things to say about her. She is very entertaining as, as Zeph. I don't think I've seen her in anything else except for a simple favor, which she has a small part in, but is also very entertaining in that. However, I, I had a rare moment of feeling mad at Zeph when she told Pri to stop singing because Pri has a great voice and I love <laughs> Wayfaring Stranger, one of my favorite songs. But then she started complaining about how she was out of walks or something like that and I forgave her because she was being entertaining. <laughs> I'm amused that, that that's your reaction because that was also fully Pri's, Pri's reaction to that. It's like, how <laughs> dare you? <laughs> That whole scene, though, was just so great. Like, Pre is embracing the fact that, yes, I have to wear these probably uncomfortable clothes because they're keeping me out of the sun and actually benefit to me. And Zeph's just got got none of them on because it's too hot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, those two. They're fun. Another thing I enjoyed about that that scene, as I was rewatching the episode, I'm like, because he says, come on, hop on pop. And I'm like, you know what? Pre kind of is like the dad friend. Oh, he totally is. Because we all know Johnny's the mom friend. Mm-hmm. Pre, not quite as nurturing as Johnny, but also like very concerned about keeping everybody safe and looking out after everybody. And 
He is still a caretaker, though not as nurturing, which is something, a quality we tend to associate with more of a maternal figure. Sorry to be a little bit essentialist, gender essentialist, but it is what it is. <laughs> yes, that is what I was, what I was trying to uh, get out there. Yeah. The connotations of, of such phrases. But Zeph was working on the Hatchling All episode and remembered where she's seen them and who could help them kill them. And I'm wondering if that thread is going to tie into Anila's vague statement about, I know what she wants. And if Anila's the person who can help kill them, I don't know. We, we have currently a couple of, I mean, more than those two. But it did make me wonder if those two threads could maybe be tied together in some way. Hmm. Or do you think it's somebody else entirely who can kill them? I don't know. I'm I'm a little baffled by the I know who thing because I mean could could you figure out what it was that that Zeph had figured out? No, just that she she knew she had seen them before. Mhm. but was lacking context and that she remembered where she'd seen them in that letter to, "Oh, I know who can help us kill them." But beyond that, no. Right, and she was clutching her necklace when she said it. Right. Which I think was something she'd gotten from home on Leith, right? It was. Um, I also did wonder if it had to do with her time in the monastery, because they had all of those archives. Mm, mm-hmm. Since that, I believe, was also like a religious symbol for her. Her necklace, I mean. Uh-huh. Yeah, because we know that Anila and Delsea are on Leith, so... I suppose the two storylines could intersect there. I don't know. Because they brought up Leith a lot this episode, so... They did, because we have Calvert from Leith. And that's where that's where Johnny and Dutch and Davin were, so... Right. And I mean, I, I'm specifically meant, though, even in Zeph's storyline, they brought up the yeah. fact that Zeph was from Leith. From Leith. Mm-hmm. A couple times. So, you know, usually that is a signal that it's going to be important again soon, so. Yes, a very Leith-heavy episode. Yes. Yeah, I've been racking my brain since watching the episode the first time, trying to figure out if it's something that we've seen before, like, in the episodes. Like, I can't think of anything that ties to the ladies' species at all. But it did occur to me that, remember there were, like, the spider creatures that came out of the green pool? Mm Mm-hmm. And the one took over um, Pip? Yep. And so I'm like, I wonder if that's somehow tied to this? I was wondering about that, too. But that's all I got. And I don't know what that would have to do with, like, a person who can help us find out how to kill them. So, you know... It's probably not actually related, but it's just a thing that I thought of. <laughs> yeah. We also had those bugs back in season two, maybe? Maybe it was season three, who had been infected with the green, and Johnny kept one kind of as a pet for a while. Not that oh, are you talking about the mossipedes? Yeah, the mossipedes. Those things. So there's been, like, several bug kind of, like, creatures connected with the lady or and or the green i have no idea if they're going to be related to what's going on here but i was thinking about both of those things when it when zeph mentioned she'd seen something like this before hmm interesting because we all know this show likes to tie in things that we've seen before so is why i'm like racking my brain trying to figure out if there's some clue yeah that we've 
been given over the past four and a half seasons. And there were all those little, I think again, back in like season two, those little like flashy flashbacks. They're just like really split second little glimpses of stuff, which I think maybe the, all of those paid off already, but it's possible that even back as far back as that, we might've seen something. I don't know. Hmm. But it was nice seeing Turin being a little less crusty and, uh, <laughs> uh, mean, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> to, to Zeph and, and being encouraging, even though he then shoved her inside of a closet. Uh, <laughs> out of love, Stephanie. <laughs> out of love and caring. He shoved her inside of a closety thing. But we still have the, the open ends of the fact that Turin and Pre are still in Old Town at the end of the episode. Like Fancy Lee appears, and and he and Zeph get off the the moon with the help of of Lucy, also reunited with Lucy. But we still don't know where Pre and Turin are. And I'm super curious how it is that Garrett is awake. I thought Klein woke him up. <sighs> okay, I wasn't sure if that was supposed to be the. I was unclear of the ramifications of what Klein did. Because it felt like he was just feeding him more information. So I wasn't sure if he was actually awake, awake, awake. So I guess this episode is confirming that, yes, he does have those memories. That That is my understanding. Because, yeah, okay. when Klein was telling him all that stuff, I was also uncertain at that point whether or not it was actually waking him up. But that is what we saw in previous episodes was the catalyst to wake up the others, was being confronted with this information which then sets off their bracelets, so they take the decontamination shower, which refreshes their brainwashing. But right. in the absence of of that, um, generally the the information of their previous lives was enough to remind them. Yeah, I get all that. I guess I just wasn't super clear with that scene before with Klein and Garrett if Klein had actually woke him up because he was just feeding him a bunch of lies again to manipulate him. So it just. I don't know. I wasn't 100% sure if that was the case. But I was super suspicious of Garrett because of that this entire episode, because I'm thinking, how is it that he's awake? But if if you feel confident that we're supposed to conclude that Klein did that, I'm willing to be on board, because I don't want to be suspicious of Garrett. Yeah, I mean, you never know, to be fair. But I think what we're supposed to take from that is is that he did, in fact, regain his memories from his interactions with Klein. Okay. But I don't know. <laughs> I did love that whole scene with, with Garrett and Pre though, this episode. That was a great scene. I, I, you and I are both suckers for, and they talk about some problems in their relationship as honestly as they can you know, type of scene. It's, it's true. It's true. <laughs> you and I are both suckers for those. And we had several of those in this episode, which was nice. So nice. I did think it was cute when Garrett was like, why are you trying to protect me? Look at these! I can take care of myself! (laughs) That dude does have huge biceps. He does. (laughs) So I'm glad that the two of them are together, but I am worried about them being stranded in Old Town, which seems to be empty now and just full of death squads. So upsetting. Well, the lady did say that she has everybody working nonstop, so they're probably in the factory, I guess? Yeah, that's what I'm guessing. 
But speaking of Klein, I found that one scene that we got between him and the lady a nice follow-up from the end of last episode because it's clear that the lady's like willing to believe that Dutch could be dead, but also not hedging her bets at all. Like, I understand that it looks like she died, but I'm smart enough to know that she might not have. And it does seem like Klein believes that Dutch died. It does seem that way. But then there's also that that just like tiny part of my brain is like, or is he also faking this? <laughs> oh, sure. But the fact that he told the lady directly, like, I was never helping you, I was helping Yala. I don't know. He seems defeated in a way that we haven't seen him before. This is true. Yeah. But yeah, I liked that also that the lady was just kind of like, your daughters have fooled me so many times, I'm not falling for it again, is not quite what she said, but it's kind of the gist of what she said. <laughs> she did death, I think, is the phrase she used, yeah. Indeed. She sounds as suspicious as a sci-fi viewer. <laughs> oh, speaking of, I was very pleased that Dutch had that line about how they needed to find where the lady's real body was and watch her die. I'm like, yes, Dutch, you are smart. You do need to watch her die. <laughs> As they kill her in the face. Yes. <laughs> oh, every plan sounds stupid if you put on a stupid voice. <laughs> <laughs> and then Davin gave Dutch the exact same face that you give me all the time. <laughs> That's my face? When do I give you that face? I'm pretty sure I've seen you give me that face a number of times. For what? Why, why do? I, for what reason do I give you that face? For being a smartass. <laughs> oh, okay. Fair. Like like Dutch was just being. <laughs> it's like, yes, I have, I recognize this interaction very well. <laughs> Seriously, go back and watch it. You'll you'll be like, oh yeah. <laughs> we mentioned a couple episodes ago about how people will make references to to Dutch and Davin not being good at talking about their feelings, but Davin is actually very good at talking about his feelings, as this episode showed. I don't understand why they keep saying, like, I know you hate to talk about your feelings, but he doesn't. He's so good at it. He does it so readily. <laughs> I mean, I mean, maybe Davin like the is... first season, sure. But after that whole thing where he tried to kill Dutch and they finally got forced into talking about it, like, since then, they've actually been really good about it. Davin especially. Davin is very emotionally available. <laughs> Dutch less so. She can be at times, but I feel like of the of the three of them, she is still the most withholding. She gets there oh, eventually. Sure. But I agree. I think Davin is actually quite good about talking out his feelings. He needs to he needs to recognize he has a, his skills in that area. Yes. This is probably why I find him so attractive. <laughs> <laughs> But again, we had a little unresolved note between the two of them because she didn't get a chance to answer his question about whether she wants him to stay if Johnny were to go. And I think we know the answer is yes, she does, but she's probably afraid of saying it and what that'll mean for them. And because they're still in this weird limbo where they have this romantic past and I think still romantic feelings for each other, but they're not, they haven't really gotten back together formally yet. Mm hmm. Because, like, there was that whole thing where he called her his girlfriend, and then she kind of gave him that look of, like, am I? <laughs> I think they never got to finish that conversation either, so. Yeah. So, yeah, it's all just a little unresolved right now, because, you know, 
there's more important stuff to deal with at the moment. As good as Davin is at starting these conversations, they're both crap at being able to finish them, which is usually not their fault. (laughs) This is true. Now I'm just thinking of that ridiculous scene with Johnny getting the knife from from Dutch's boot. That was just so so over the top, but I loved it so much. It was... (laughs) Partially, I'm liking it because I feel like most of the time... When you see that kind of joke being made, it's usually the woman who would have her head down and not the man. So a part of me was just like, yeah, cunnilingus. <laughs> Why cunnilingus? <laughs> I, I might have pumped my fist and said that out loud to my TV this morning. But <laughs> Oh, dear. But anyway, I just, I love how, how, how they just went for it in that scene. <laughs> like, we're not even trying to be subtle. We are leaning into this ridiculous joke that we're making. <laughs> and then Davin's face. Uh, I don't know why he would have thought anything other than what was happening was actually happening, but <laughs> it was still pretty funny. Him asking if they could not talk about his brother while they're rubbing butts. <laughs> I was not expecting that line, and it really made me laugh. (laughs) It was a good line. (sighs) I enjoyed them all so much. How did you feel about the the militainment storyline? Um, worth it, if only for that scene of Davin totally making up a, a whole historical story that Dutch is acting out with action figures. Mm hmm. Worth it for that alone. And the ridiculous salutes. <laughs> yes, and what did what? I think Calvert told that one guy to go run the pretzel formation. That made me laugh pretty hard too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yes, the ridiculous salutes. I don't know. Like parts of it made me uncomfortable, which I think was the point of people being kind of lighthearted about things that can kill people, but. I don't know. I have kind of weird feelings about it. I don't, I feel like there was, there was some commentary that was trying to happen there and it did make me uncomfortable, but I don't know if it totally landed. I don't know. It is one of those things where a lot of that does look really familiar. Especially there was this moment at the end of one scene where we see like some kids playing with a gun in the museum and then like a guard comes over and chews them away. That part was like, oh, that made me feel really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Probably intentional. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Well, <laughs> not probably. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> I like that you just felt like you had to explain the, your use of understatement. Like, <laughs> you, get, you get that understatement, right? That just... Anyway. <laughs> and Anastasia Phillips was really fun in that storyline. Mm-hmm. Both, mm-hmm. both with... The scene where she's rolling on the grass and then <laughs> she's giving a hard time to that lower ranking, more lower ranking soldier. Just she's she just brings so much like energy to scene she's in, both when she was on Bomb Girls and over here. She's just so much fun. This is true. Also, you were talking about the warden and Johnny earlier. Do you get like a thing possible with with Calvert and Johnny? Yeah, maybe she's got a farm with robot goats and they could go off with her daughter and 
Well, I don't know if she gets it. Anyway, <laughs> live happily ever after. Like, maybe this could work. She's from Leith. She can have a farm. She probably doesn't have a farm. She's been in jail. But you know what I mean. <laughs> doesn't Johnny have a farm? I thought Johnny had a farm. He does. He does. There you go. It's hard to tell because it feels like Johnny clicks with a lot of different characters. So it's it's hard to predict where they might try to have a little romantic interest to lie. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's, you know, that's okay. I'm okay with that. Let's ship Johnny with all the people. Especially Johnny and Lucy. I <laughs> Who have made a baby. <laughs> who have made a baby. <laughs> Lucy did not disappoint with her return. <laughs> Johnny got so uncomfortable. <laughs> she has your eyes, John. I hope this means we get to keep Lucy. <laughs> I hope so too. You know, we've got we've got Lucy who is shipbound, and then he's got portable little Lucy in his pocket, their baby. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> I like it. I think I think this could be good. They could be a weird little family together. That would work, also. Yes. <laughs> and if if Johnny had to take a is going to take a Killjoy sabbatical, that could maybe be a way to take Lucy with him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But see, I wasn't wrong, though, because back when Lucy, quote-unquote, died, I was like, wasn't she supposed to have a backup? So yay, Lucy, for activating the backup with the protocol, I love Lucy. That made me so happy. (laughs) So great. (laughs) We mentioned him briefly. Fancy Lee, poor Fancy Lee, who had not been having a good day, but he got to do an awesome little gymnastic flippy thing to get down from where he was being you know, strung up and held captive. And the big thing that I was thinking of in those scenes, which I felt terrible for, because obviously Fancy was in a lot of pain, but I was like, these shots are beautiful. Wow, this is great cinematography. (laughs) (laughs) The set design department on this show is amazing. I love how they light the ships, especially. Mm -hmm. Because they use sort of different... I'm going to say kind of unusual lighting that you don't normally see. And they do it differently in the various ships. And it's it's a nice touch. And yes, his little flip to get out of those handcuffs reminded me of Dutch in season two. Mm-hmm. When they got taken to, and now I can't think of the name of it, Spring Hill, right? With Jelko? Yes, with Jelko. Yep. I think that's right. it was yep. the same style of, of restraints they mm-hmm. use there, too. Yep. Now, I did not recognize or didn't realize, I didn't cotton on to the fact that it was Lucy doing the little sound to get Fancy Lee to to escape. I didn't either. That was a nice kind of surprise moment at the end. Okay, good. I wasn't sure. (laughs) I mean, not good, but (laughs) I'm glad I wasn't the only one. Because later, it's like, I feel like I should have picked up on that, but... But I did not at all. I didn't either. I I entertained the notion that it could have been something Klein managed to do. I honestly was not sure who was helping him escape. But at the end where we see him hovering with Lucy over our three Killjoys down on Leith and Calvert, I was like, oh, of course, because that was Lucy's monitors lighting up with the I Love Lucy protocol. It's like, of course she managed to 
infiltrate the system of the ship and get the doors open. So, yeah, I don't know that it was supposed to be super obvious, but in retrospect, you're like, yes, that makes sense how he managed to escape. Mm-hmm. <sighs> this show. <laughs> and I'd really miss Lucy. It was it was sad not having our crew on her for several episodes. She, they were over on the other ship for the several episodes, but... We've got Lucy back in both body and spirit, and uh, I'm just super happy. <laughs> Me too. Everybody's doing well, pretty much. Except for the ones we don't know about. Well, at least Pre and Garrett are together. So, you know, Torin's the only one who I'm kind of like, Ugh, what's he up to? Like, I, I feel pretty good about most of our characters, though. So, woohoo! Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is good, because there are only three episodes left. I'm sad. I'm sad there's not that much left at the show. This season's been great, but I'm just, I'm sad it's ending. This season has been good. I feel like, even though the storyline hasn't been as fast-paced as I thought it might be, it's been delivering so much on character stuff that I'm really satisfied with what they've chosen to do with this last season. Mm Mm-hmm. Because really, that's why we're all here, right? We're, I mean, we're invested in the story, but we're more invested in the characters, I feel like. Well, and they at least have resolved a lot of the stuff that happened before the series started kind of questions. Mm-hmm. And now they're really focused on how are we going to defeat the lady, which I think was a smart position to set them up in for the for the last season. Yep. Because not not to ding Orphan Black, but like when Orphan Black began its last season, its fifth season, it felt like it still had questions it was answering about what happened before the series started. So it felt like it was difficult to kind of cram all that into the last season. But Killjoy's kind of answered those questions first before they started their final season. Yep. Again, that is not a, a an insult to Orphan Black, just an observation I made. Mm-hmm. I will use this opportunity to say, if you're an Orphan Black fan and haven't listened to our Orphan Black podcast, you can go to TatianaIsEveryone.com and uh, go find that. We'd love to hear your thoughts about this episode of Killjoys. You can send them to killjoys at askgenretv.com. We love getting voice messages, which you can send us in a couple of ways. Record a voice memo on your smartphone and email it to us, or call our listener voicemail line at 972-514-7223. Follow us on Twitter or Tumblr at Killjoys Podcast. The Quad is part of the Ask Genre TV family of podcasts. To find our other podcasts about Lost Girl, Orphan Black, and some other shows, please visit our website, askgenretv.com. Thanks for listening. We will see you in the quad. I found that scene between him and Lady, like she's a dog. (laughs) 